0: Hey, and welcome to EB Spoke, the podcast, episode one, A Password Breached. This is going to be a little bit about the last pass breach that happened a few weeks ago, so it's a little bit old news. But I'm mainly doing this because I talked about this all on a LinkedIn Live event a while back, and the audio quality was horrible. And so I just want to do a re-recording of that and talk a bit about the breach, but also just talk about good password practice, because that, that really is what matters here, is password practices. If you have good password practices, then the LastPass breach is not that big of a deal. And if you don't, then you really should. So just let's dive in. Talk a little bit about the LastPass breach. What happened? Uh, so hackers were able to access parts of the LastPass system that contained actual password vaults. The password vaults are the part of the LastPass system that actually contains your passwords. The vaults are encrypted. So if I have a copy of your vault, it doesn't mean I automatically have your password. I would have to decrypt it. And how do I decrypt it? Well, I have to know your master password. The encryption is, is strong encryption. So if I had to guess your master password, then it could take quite a while. Sometimes they say, you know, hundreds of years. That assumes that your password is the last one, I guess. And so if your master password is actually 1234, which is terrible, then it's not going to take but seconds to guess that master password, unencrypt your entire vault, and now I have access to everything that you're storing in there. Or you might have a 32-character totally random password. No idea how you remember it or type it in every time, but if you do, then it really could take a very long time to decrypt that vault. Your passwords are quite secure and unlikely to be hacked. But that's the problem, right? You're probably not using a 32-character, completely random password because it's hard to remember, it's hard to type. And so if we think about it, really, it's how long is it going to take to guess your password, a password that you picked uh, as a human. So thinking about a luggage lock, right? If your code is 9999 and I start at 0000, then it's gonna take me all the time it takes to try every number. If I go, you know, 0001, 0002, 3, all those tries, then hey, the last guess is the last possible. We know that's not how you guess on a luggage lock, right? You would try one, two, three, four, one, 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 1 two, 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 two. So I would probably get your code if it's 9999 really quickly. And that's just the human natures. We pick passwords that are easy for us. And so as I, if a hacker wanted to guess your password, if they wanted to program a cracking device, they're going to focus on common pattern. Lots of people think that they should use a combination of uppercase, lowercase, numbers, special characters. Well, a lot of people do. And a lot of people do it in the order I just said. So uppercase is the first letter, some lowercase, some numbers, and some exclamation points. So, you know, happy new year, 2023 exclamation point capital H, capital N, capital Y, 2023, exclamation point. It fits that complexity rule that we see often and is super easy to guess because it follows such common conventions. You might even have some number substitutions. So it's instead of happy, it's H4PPY or N3W, right? But again, people who are trying to guess your passwords know all these substitutions and they're programming those in. So from the beginning, if we've picked a password, if we follow these typical patterns, we are constraining ourselves. So when we constrain ourselves, then the people who are trying to guess our password will constrain the systems trying to guess. So if you have a great password, your LastPass is okay for a little while, maybe. If you have a bad password, then just assume it's all lost and you've been going hopefully the last few weeks resetting all your passwords and getting things ready. One of the first questions is, should I change my master password? If you're going to keep using LastPass, absolutely, you should change your master password. But remember, that only affects if it's stolen in the future. The one that's stolen is using your old master password, so there's nothing you can do about that. So if you aren't changing your passwords, you really should. Even if you had a great password, because it's out there, encrypted copy is in the wrong hands, they're trying to crack it, they may eventually, and then your information is compromised. So go out there, change your key accounts first. Email is a great example, because everything can be unlocked with your email account, banks, all those things. So go ahead and get out there and start changing those passwords. But when you do follow a good password practice, both for your new master password, but also for these accounts. So one of the things that has changed over the last several years is having a really complicated password is not as encouraged as having a long password. Basically we say length is favored over complexity if we're talking about it from a security standpoint and so and a great example is if you have five completely random words that's actually a more secure password than eight upper case, lower case lowercase special character numbers and so if you have a site that supports really long passwords having five separate random words is actually a great password approach not those exact words pick pick your own or even better have a password manager pick them for you because one of the things that is kind of interesting is we're not good at random things so if i said hey, pick five uh, random words you might look around your office and say fan desk lamp mouse glasses hey five random words cool obviously not that random right because There are things that people typically find around their office. Likewise, if if you got to have a kind of random letters and numbers, you might just drag your finger over the keyboard and it feels random because it's not typing any words, but the keys are in a certain order on the keyboard. And so basically, if you have an O, then you know that your next letter is an IP or a K or an L or or whatever, right? And so again, because we're not actually good at random, systems that crack the passwords are going to try more likely combinations like that before they go to truly random passwords. So if you have a password manager, it has a way to randomly generate passwords, use it because it's going to be a lot more random than you are. Have good long passwords. Have passwords that meet the rules. So you may have a website that doesn't allow you just to have words. It's going to require numbers, letters. So do work those in um, uppercase. Special characters. So have those different rules that the website requires, but try to make it as long as possible and as easy to remember for you because it's random words. So you can basically balance those two. As you're doing that, go ahead and take the next step and find out if that service has the ability to have multi-factor authentication, because ultimately your password is a weak point, even if it's a good password multi-factor is a great way to, to shore that up. Email supports it. bank support it. Find a way to enable multi-factor authentication. That even is an area where we've had a lot of change over, over time. It started out with text messages and then moved to apps and then push notifications. And then something called MFA fatigue came in. People were getting push notifications so often that they would just hit approve and then factor in. And so there's a whole topic around good multi-factor. But the short answer is it's better to use an authenticator app than text message because text messages are less secure than an authenticator app. So if you have a choice, choose the app and maybe another time we'll talk about some of the nuances and mfa fatigue and and kind of where that's headed the final thing to do so you've got a strong password you've enabled mfa is also add any alerts you can to the service so if it's a bank you might be able to add transaction alerts you might actually be able to add login alerts almost every site i know will let you set alerts on you if your password changes absolutely do that so anything that you can do to be alerted if somebody gets into your account and starts doing things that you don't want them to do, that you have that alert, and that you know that something bad's happening. So take those three steps, have a good strong password, enable MFA, enable alerting, and you should have a, kind of be able to overcome the fact that LastPass password vault might have been stolen. And so kind of the, the last part of that is, all right, so LastPass, the vaults are stolen. Should I even use a password manager? If I don't, what am I doing to manage my passwords? because I think I'm supposed to have a different password for every website, right? Yes, yes you are. So please do use a password manager because it's almost impossible to remember all these passwords. Typing them in a text document, typing them in a Word document Excel file, you can encrypt those, but that's a little bit harder. Be careful if that's your approach. A book next to your computer with all your passwords, is obviously not encrypted uh, for most people. And so not a secure option if somebody were to get that book or some, if you share your house with others, roommates, uh, family, then they have access to all your passwords. Uh, a good password manager is going to store and encrypt that data locally. It might back it up to the cloud, but the key, the ability to decrypt is only going to be on your local computer or if you synchronize it with your cell phone or something. And so that way you may have a backup copy of your password manager data in the cloud, but it's not decryptable in most cases because of the way the password manager So check out how the password manager works if it's storing it locally and there's no cloud version. That's obviously more secure, but a little bit higher risk if something were to happen to that computer. And there's other types where they can synchronize through the cloud, but they're not really cloud based. So those can be a little bit more secure than one that's 100% cloud based. But decide for yourself which one's going to be the best balancing of capabilities and security. And you may even decide to have more than one. You could use your browser built in password manager, for example, for the websites you just don't care about, but you still need to have a username password. You could use the cloud password. Up for the medium security ones and then have maybe an offline local password manager for your very secure ones that you really need to protect like your bank or your email all of those are things to consider i hope this was helpful uh, high level view short didn't want to take up a bunch of time today dive into all these details if you have any questions do you listen to this please reach out i'm happy to direct you to more details on anything we talked about if you have last pass please do change your master passwords please do change your critical passwords if you don't have it and they're thinking about a password manager i still say use one and if nothing else on your services you're using today Strong password, enable MFA, enable alerts, and otherwise stay safe out there. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to episode one of EB Spoke, the podcast. This was A Password Breached. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks.